0: Cholera kills people fast. There's no drawn-out sequence of progressive debility. The newly infected person feels fine at first. Then, half a day passes, and cholera has drained his or her body of its fluids, leaving a withered blue corpse. That's why, even after being infected, you could, say, eat a decent breakfast at your hotel of sunny-side-up eggs and tepid juice, You could drive over dusty, potholed roads to the airport. You'd feel perfectly well enough to withstand the long queues there. Even as the killer silently brewed in your gut, you'd push your bags through security, perhaps even pick up a croissant at the coffee shop, and enjoy a brief respite in a cool, molded plastic chair at the gate before a crackly PA announced the boarding of your flight. It would only be after you'd shuffled down the plane's aisles and found your lightly tattered, upholstered seat that the stranger within would make itself known, in a deadly, explosive onslaught of excretion, and your trip overseas would be suddenly and cruelly curtailed. Without the benefit of modern medicine rapidly administered, you'd be faced with a 50-50 chance of survival. Such was the fate of a passenger ahead of me in line for Spirit Air Flight 952 from Port-au-Prince, Haiti, to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, in the summer of 2013. At the moment that Collar overcame the man, the rest of us were crammed inside a sweltering hall between the gate and the airplane preparing to board. We waited there while the plane underwent an emergency disinfection. The airline didn't tell us what had caused the sudden hour-long delay. When an airline worker sprinted out of the plane through the hall to gather more supplies, impatient passengers bombarded him with a chorus of questions. He yelled out over his shoulder by way of explanation. A man shit himself. In Haiti, in the midst of a devastating cholera epidemic, there was little doubt as to what had happened. If the stricken man had been infected an hour or two later and sickened after we'd all taken our seats, with our arms jostling next to his on narrow strips of shared armrests, our knees grazing his, our hands brushing the overhead bins he'd touched, the pathogen might have been able to roost inside our bodies too. I had spent my trip traipsing around to see cholera treatment clinics and cholera-struck neighborhoods To see cholera firsthand, this formidable pathogen had nearly joined me on my flight home. The disease-causing microbe, or pathogen, that will cause the world's next pandemic lurks among us today. We don't know its name or where it comes from, but for now, call it cholera's child, because what we do know is that it will likely follow the path that cholera blazed. Cholera is one of only a handful of pathogens, including bubonic plague, influenza, smallpox, and HIV, that in modern times have been able to cause pandemics, contagions that spread widely among human populations. Among them, it stands alone. Unlike the plague, smallpox, and influenza, cholera's emergence and spread were well documented from the beginning. Two centuries after it first emerged, it remains exceptionally potent, with an undiminished power to cause death and disruption, as its display on Flight 952 showed. And unlike relative newcomers like HIV, cholera is an old hand at pandemics. So far, it's caused seven, the latest hitting Haiti in 2010. Today, cholera is known primarily as a disease that affects impoverished countries, but that wasn't always so. In the 19th century, cholera struck the most modern, prosperous cities in the world, killing rich and poor alike, from Paris and London to New York City and New Orleans. In 1836, it felled King Charles X in Italy. In 1849, President James Polk in New Orleans. In 1893, the composer Peter Ilyich Tchaikovsky in St. Petersburg. Over the course of the 19th century, cholera sickened hundreds of millions, killing more than half of its victims. It was one of the fastest-moving, most feared pathogens in the world.